The DeFalco Files is an entertainment-based program. Some memories of certain events might be fuzzy. All opinions are that of the host. Content might not be appropriate for children and some adults. Listener discretion is advised. And remember, the truth is here. Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting presents The DeFalco Files with FSW owner Joe DeFalco and your host, Matt Michaels. Well, here we are, everybody. It's Matt Michaels on The DeFalco Files with the owner and creator of FSW, the future stars of wrestling here in Las Vegas, Mr. Joe DeFalco. Joe, uh, you got a big show coming up here on Sunday, April 30th, the Day of Reckoning uh, at the um, FSW Arena, 5 p.m. How's it going coming into uh, this week's show? You know, busy, 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 as always, trying to, uh, you know, take care of two things at once, four things at once, eight things at once. You know, had a lot of... uh, Things we had to deal with this week, you know, trying to still finalize everything at the Silverton, just little things that, you know, are just taking longer than they need to and, you know, preparing because, you know, in all honesty, we we probably will have the most watched show, hopefully, in FSW history this week. You know, uh, pay-per-views are great, but, it, it, you know, there's only so many people that are going to pay that kind of money to watch. And, right. you know, I don't have the numbers from Fight Plus, but I know there's thousands of people that have already paid their $8 a month to watch right. anything. So there's going to be a lot of new faces that are hopefully going to be checking out what we're doing. So, you know, it it just ended up being good timing that this is going to be probably the biggest FSW arena show of the year. So, you know, it, it, it didn't start out like, Hey, we're going to go to fight plus let's make this the biggest show. It was just like, we weren't able to get the casino in time it was like, you know what, let's do this at the uh, FSW Arena, give a, a marquee show, big title matches, grudge matches, and, you know, everything kind of fell into place. And then having the discussions with with Fight and making the decision on, you know, what was going to be more beneficial for us, and I'm always going to pick more eyes over a few more dollars you know if the difference is you know a few thousand dollars yeah obviously i'm going to go with the pay-per-view model but that pay-per-view model is continually declined because of the opportunities to watch live streaming for one big price of eight bucks instead of one pay-per-view for 15 bucks six pay-per-views uh, a month for GCW, you paid a hundred dollars, right? You know, now, now you're paying eight and you're getting the access to watch it all. So, you know, I, I'm excited. You know, we, we're, we're, we're trying to build a different 
format for the TV side of it, you know, with adding commercials. Now there's more value for people to maybe get on board and sponsor and buy a commercial because we might have two, four or 5,000 people watching an event. Right. And it's not just that you're sponsoring for the couple of hundred or, you know, at the at 500 at a casino, 150 to 200 at an arena show. So, you know, way more eyes on the product. And, you know, we have a really, really good show lined up. So, you know, let, let, let's swing away and, and, and hit a home run because we can, we can definitely use that. You know, we're in the process of trying to reevaluate a lot of things and, you know, just in the whole process of, of everything. You know, we had a big meeting this past week trying to clean some stuff up. And, and again, it isn't the major stuff, but, you know, we would let things slide like, hey, the unedited music. And it, it got out of hand. And, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to work with corporate people, not just wrestling fans. And, you know, there's a way of doing business. And you have to come across as professionally as possible. And, you know, we've always been very, very, uh, when you talk about the age demographics, you know, it's great that we're a much older demographic, but the bottom line is kids can't come by themselves. They have to bring their parents. So right. if a kid wants to come, there's a good chance that three or four tickets might be bought. If an adult wants to come, you know, when we were putting out the tickets for full tilt weekend, it was, it was like, you know, we switched over to Eventbrite. It's way easier to deal with than the PayPal and, and all, all the other crap with that. And it was like, oh, you got it. All of a sudden, you know, you, you put out tickets and within, you know, 30 minutes, you got four ticket sales. You know, and you go and it's like front row one, front row one, front row two, front row one. And it's like. Man, you just saw, had four ticket orders and you sold five tickets. Right. And you got to figure out how we can do four ticket orders and sell 10 tickets. Right. Yep. It's like, so this guy comes by himself because he's the fan. And does he have kids? I don't know. Are the kids not interested? I don't know. Well, wait, but, these, are, these are fans going to the GCW show, right? So probably no kids. Yeah. No, not yeah, not that show, but just say the Future Legends show or, or or the combination. I, I definitely know that the GCW is is hardcore, but the difference is it's still a younger demographic. Like right. I put our demographic as the average age more into the mid thirties instead yeah. of the mid twenties. So. But that's great, but it's the mid-30s and 40s, but I don't see a lot of kids with them. We see some, you know, more so, obviously, at the bigger events at the casinos right. that will have way more kids there. But the thing is, we, we try to be a little bit, a bit edgy, but we are, I guess you could say, family-friendly in terms of running a show. There's nothing obnoxious. There's nothing that a parent 
in most cases would be like, oh, I'm embarrassed to bring my kid to have a kid's class. We know how we understand, you know, what we're looking to do. And the key is trying to get it out there and getting it. You know, if a corporate partnership wants to come on board, I guess, sure, if you're trying to sell a, you know, energy drink, you're not worried about 12 year olds, obviously. But we are promoting a kids class. Well, how do you get a kids class? Well, if you have a lot of kids that cut, we get to come in and roll around in that wrestling ring and and and, and pretend we're the next John Cena and Roman Reigns. You know, that, that's how it started. Where a guy like Bodie and Laz and Sandra Moon and all these people that started with us, Davion, that they were. 14, 15, 16, 9 when it comes to Bodie, that they were part of the kids' class, and that became the next generation to where we were able to bring them to the next level. Right. And, you know, it starts with the youth. You know, you have to you have to get them involved. And, you know, I, I don't know if it was a rude awakening, but when I did go to the uh, – the Nighthawks indoor football game and my guy Omar, dude, one of the nicest guys you're ever going to meet. You know, I met him up yesterday. We're doing the fundraiser uh, for Gunner, who's got lymphoma, and he gave me a Knights jersey, tickets to an event, an autographed hockey stick, a hat, a shirt. You know, minute I asked him, like, boom, yeah, whatever you need, let me know. We'll get you some stuff when you want to meet up. And we talked a little. And when I went to the game, it was just seeing that I even talked to them yesterday. Like, it's amazing to me. It's like you have a bunch of unknown football players. So it isn't like, oh, man, I'm going to the game and I'm getting to see Tom Brady, you know. And the community is is huge. And you see it with the Golden Knights. And that's how they got their foot in the door. And they were beloved. The Raiders didn't need to do what they do community-wise because they're going to sell their tickets anyway, but they still do. And going to a Nighthawk game where I'm expecting, first off, I'm thinking the arena holds a couple thousand. I'm like, yeah, it's pretty good. There's probably, you know, six, seven hundred people there. Not bad. And it's like, oh, they hold 5,700 and there's like 2,200 people there. Yeah. And you see a lot of kids. And, and again, it's not because, hey, we're going to this great football game. It's like, hey, this is this is a fun environment, and we're going to have fun. And the football is a part of it. And we're always going to get our wrestling fans, no matter what. They're always going to come, the wrestling fans. And the hardcore wrestling fans are always going to come to the FSW arena. But the key is getting that casual fan to make it seem important to him to not miss many FSW shows. Yeah. And it was easier in the past. You throw a commercial on raw people watch it because they watched the Monday night raw live. They made that decision. Oh shit. There's a show on Sunday. We're going to go check it out. Now it's like, well, we can't go on there. So we're relying on social media. And then as we've said in the past, How many, even from five years ago, there's 10 times as many things to do in Vegas than there was before. 
Like Vegas has always been that place, but now it's insanity. There's casinos everywhere. There's shows everywhere. There's wrestling shows everywhere. It's like you got to carve out that niche. And our niche is we did this from 2009. So we've built a, a steady, strong fan base. But Vegas is also the most transient city probably in the United States. So I can message people that have come to shows and send the emails and things like that. And there's a good amount of those that don't even live in Vegas anymore. Right. And then there's new people. So how do you get to them if they don't know about you, but you're relying mainly on social media? Right. You know, unless they're searching, you know what I mean? And it, and it happens. It's like when we have somebody come to the kids class, we don't know who they are that we don't see them at the shows. Hey, well, we, we Google searched, you know, wrestling in Vegas, this, we were looking for stuff, whatever it may be. And not all the time are people going to do the search to find out what's going on. They're only going to go with what they hear about, what they see, maybe the Las Vegas Weekly, maybe they hear it on a radio station, maybe not. So it's like, so what are we going to do to to change that dynamic of, hey, I'm not using the excuse, well, we did less fans at the Mecca because WWE ran and they had WrestleMania the week after. It's possible, but we have to hustle and go out there and it gives me you know newfound motivation to contact the the youth groups and you know maybe finding more social media groups that are into AEW or wrestling or events to do in Vegas because you always hear they're there but it's like you know it takes work to do it right and you, you know when you're concentrating on putting the show together and getting the guys and oh i can't make it this show hey we got this angle at the next show we're looking to run up oh, i'm booked for impact that day i can't go in you know jay vidal is supposed to be in the future legends tournament and then you know impact ended up deciding to run memorial day weekend so we lost a lot of talent that would have been available for FSW and GCW. Right. So there's so much to do on that end that, hey, how can we get some commercials? How can we get some sponsors on board? How can we get some people to come check it out to be potentially a sponsor? So, you know, the wrestling is the wrestling. And, you know, I'm proud of what we put together storyline wise and, and, and especially talent-wise with, with the crew that we have, now it's time to get out of the box. And, you know, we know wrestling's pretty hot. I know we're not AEW. I know we're not GCW. They have that niche. Well, we need to find that niche ourselves to expand on a, what's an already extremely great promotion. Right. And getting more people to be aware of it and wanting to be 
part of the atmosphere? How do you do that? Is it bands? Is it a live DJ? Do you bring a comedy act? You know, what do you do to make it a can't miss show? Because we are more traditional wrestling. And we're not really going to change from that format. But the things around it that may be able to draw, you know, more eyes onto the product. think you're muted yes i am muted i'm sorry um so then when you look at um when you look at a show like day of reckoning and like you said it's a bigger uh arena show probably the biggest arena show you'll have this year um when you look at the storylines everything that's kind of built up to uh this this particular show and you're starting on fight plus uh does that mean that going into production that the guys were uh, a little busier on getting together some story packages to make sure that some of the new audiences that might be picking up on this show would understand why the match was important going into the match how did you approach it in terms of what you guys are doing in terms of you know, just making sure that anyone who watches wants to continue to watch, um, you know, just based on what you guys do story-wise, which is usually better than a lot of uh, companies end up doing, uh, you know, on an indie level, the stories are very important in FSW. Well, I think the, the main thing is communication because, you know, sometimes Mikey does stuff and we're not sure what I'm not sure exactly what he's doing. And he puts something together and it's great, but we're not aware of it. Right. And we need to be like, Hey, we need somebody to work on what's going on with ice and Xander, you know, our, that, that is for the heavyweight title. So we need people to be aware of what's going on. You know, right. I think as time progresses, it's going to be a little easier to do that. I think it's a little uh, against the eight ball on this one to how much we're going to be able to promote. But it was like in the meeting, it was like, guys, you know, I shouldn't have to tell you, you need to cut a promo. You know, yeah. you, you know, I get it. If you're in a five way scramble, no, that's not the most important thing, but you're wrestling for the title. You have a championship opportunity. You know, wouldn't you want to get it out there? Don't you want to have, you know, people, you know, come out and support you and do that? And, you know, the growth of the company also includes the wrestlers doing their part. Sure. You know, the reason why we pretty much almost sold out the 10 year anniversary show was we offered $10 ticket prices for the wrestlers to sell. We did a 20-man battle royal. A lot of younger kids are on the show. Tickets are 10 bucks. If I go do a big show, like No Escape, you're going to find half a dozen guys selling between two and five tickets. And, you know, if you're lucky, 30 or 40 tickets were sold by the crew. Okay? Yeah. At... 
the 10 year anniversary show, we had 300 tickets sold by the wrestlers. Well, sure. guess what? We still did at the 13th anniversary a 20 man battle royal. And we offered, you know, maybe $15 tickets, but nobody pushed it and nobody, nobody put forth the effort. Everybody wants to be like, oh, yeah, you know, it wasn't that crowded. How many tickets you sell? How many tickets you sell? Like, how how much are you spreading the word other than hitting a button on Facebook to promote what you're doing? Right. You know, the biggest misconception is, you know, I always talk to, well, you know, I just moved here. I don't have a lot of friends. Well, don't you have a job? You never, you never brought up that you're a wrestler? You know, it's like you're in a break room. Maybe there's a flyer. Maybe there's something. Because wrestling is that closeted thing where you don't be broadcasting because especially the younger kids, because it's like it's their little secret. You know, they've heard people. Oh, you like wrestling. Oh, that's fake. You know, it's not real, right? like you're an idiot and right. so people are a little more embarrassed to come out to where maybe if they were a MMA fighter like Dave Mazzani was or Gina Mazzani was that no matter any time they were on a show they were selling 20 30 tickets each because yeah. they were making a few dollars on the tickets so Dave Mazzani might have been in a rumble match and he made more money than the champion did because he sold 34 tickets and he got a cut of that. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's the hustle, you know, what is your value? What do you bring into the table other than being pretty good? Well, that guy's pretty good. That guy's pretty good. Oh, wait, there's a whole lot of people that are pretty good. <laughs> and and if, if you can't get your family to come out and spend 10 bucks to come see you, well, you're, you're going to have a hard time making it because that means you're not a good seller. If you can't sell and you can't cut a promo that makes people want to believe, then it's going to be really difficult if, if you can't get your family or friends to come out for it. Why is a stranger? And, you know, it puts an effort of a lot of people to make things bigger and better. You want to wrestle yeah. in front of 800 people? You want to wrestle in front of 500 people? Unfortunately, a lot of people, hey, wow, there's a lot of people here. There's 300 people. Well, unfortunately for some of them, that's the biggest show they're ever going to work in front of. Right. Yep. And, and the thing is, there's a lot more seats at the Silver Nugget. I don't want to be an empty seat. And I don't want there to... I want people to have to have no seat and they have to stand because there's no more seats left. Sure. Just because you do good doesn't mean you don't want to do great. Yeah. And, you know, part of the conversation was, you know, how well we were doing before the pandemic, then the pandemic hit. But what's the excuse now? It, it, it's here. It, you still see them in the casinos, people who wear masks and people, you know, who are still, you know, Afraid to not wear a mask, except when they got a puff on their cigarette, then they can pull the mask down and they can puff on the cigarette all day. But people 
want to come out. There's reasons why the casinos don't offer the offers they used to do because people are coming out in droves. People are looking for things to do. So make them aware of it. And we have to do a better job. And and that's what moving forward is. It's starting on Sunday. And it's like, okay, we're going to do that first show. And then the question is going to be, hey, what did we do right? What did we do wrong? You know, we're going to have more Fight Plus shows AEW weekend. So we're going to have the Future Legend tournament. So there's going to be fresher eyes on that because you're going to have some of the best under 25 talent from all over the U.S., East Coast, West Coast. You know, so you're going to get people who who know who Alec Price is because he's from the Northeast and he wrestles a little bit in GCW. He's going to be in the tournament. You got people from the Sacramento area who like Titus Alexander and they may check it out. Oh, shit. There's this 15 year old kid on it. Bodie. Oh, Casey Navarro. That dude's killing it. Oh, Jordan Oliver. So there's going to be different eyes than your traditional FSW fan. Then, as we know, because one of the biggest pay-per-views we ever had was FSW versus GCW. And GCW is going to, you know, promote it. And now the difference is, if it's available on the FSW channel on Fight TV, other than maybe getting a retweet here and there, now you're going to be on Fight Plus and GCW's already on there. So it's not going to matter where it comes from. It's just going to be FSW versus GCW. And right. if you type in the keyword GCW, you don't need to see FSW. It's going to be like, oh, shit, they have a show in Vegas on the Friday. Oh, and they're doing another show with FSW on Saturday. Oh, shit, Hammerstone versus Joey Janela. Beat right. Van versus Billy Starks. Okay, cool. I'm going to check this out. And then all of a sudden you're going to see the Jordan Olivers. And now you're going to see a Danny Limelight and, you know, all the best talent you're going to see. So now all of a sudden, if you hadn't been turned on to FSW in the past, there's more eyes again and more eyes might mean, Hey, somebody like Brad reader who got a hold of us and, 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 and buys our merch. We might have some people who say, Oh shit, man, this Danny Limelight's awesome. And now he may have a lifelong fan from that point on. Right. Uh, you know, speaking of uh, Day of Reckoning and uh, some uh, things going on, you mentioned Danny Limelight. He's defending the. Uh, uh, oh, hell no yeah. Limits. No, no limits. No limits. Thank you. I, yeah, the brain went dead uh, against uh, Jacob Austin Young. Um, should be a pretty solid match. Um, do you think sometimes that Jake gets kind of overlooked uh, for actually how good he is, uh, especially, you know, the work he's done within the last couple of years that's kind of, you know, separated him from where he was to now being one of the most solid workers in the in the business well you know it's crazy because you know we've talked in the past about how the career resurgences and things like that how a guy like la knight 
Brian Cage, uh, Ryan Taylor, Tito Escondido, that they didn't really get noticed outside their realm into their early to mid thirties. And, and the same thing is that career resurgence of Jacob Austin Young and Gregory Sharp, that these are two guys that have been with us. You know, I date myself because they were at the the Boulder highway school. So that means they've been around at least 10, 11 years. So a guy like Sharp started with us at 19. He's 31 years old. And the most success he's had in his professional wrestling career has been over the last year and a half. And, you know, he never had a championship before a year and a half ago or a year ago. And same thing with Jacob Austin Young, who had a different path. And he was a tag champion, and he was a no limits champion, but he he was that secret guy from Vegas who was really really solid, but wasn't really known anywhere, and I mean right. anywhere. And then all of a sudden, you know, things seemed to take off, and it was like, hey, they're on New Japan Strong, similar to a, a Che Cabrera, who yeah. you know. We, we were probably a part of, you know, one of Che Cabrera's first 20 matches of his career when he was brought down with, with Tito Escondido, who was a guy who we knew was really, really good, but never never hit that, that jump to where right. all of a sudden. Then it was like, oh, he's doing some of the New Japan U.S. shows, which, again, is not New Japan. It's New Japan Strong. It's different. You know, they'd use a lot of that West Coast talent for that. But then right. he made the major jump, and it's like, this dude wrestles Suzuki and Okada this year. They don't put some SoCal wrestling guy against Okada Suzuki just for the fun of it. Right. You know, they got to look at him and say, hey, you know what? He, he's part of, like, you know, he's the only Australian, that uh, non-Australian part of TMDK. Right. You know, and it's like he has been put in major positions. Yeah. And I got to believe Tito's probably close to 35 years old. And three years ago, his claim to fame was United Wrestling and FSW, you know, and did some great things on, you know, in SoCal, but. He was no, nobody knew he was. GCW started using him over the last couple of years. You know, then he got on Bloodsport and that kind of helped jumpstart him, which again is GCW ran. So a guy like that and now Jacob Austin Young and, and Gregory Sharp, I lumped them exactly together because they're two FSW guys started at a similar time. We both thought they were tremendous wrestlers different style jake really focused on that japanese style of wrestling you know five six years ago seven years ago eight years ago when nobody in the united states knew who finn balor was and what a sling blade was you watched it from jacob austin young and you didn't see every indie guy do it before right that was what's what to me kept jake 
separated from a lot of what you would normally see in indie wrestling that it was a lot of similar move sets and everybody was kind of working the same and with jake you kind of you know sprung up a little on your seat because he was doing things that unless you were a a big fan of new japan and were watching the overseas stuff that you wouldn't see right and he he brought that dimension because again it's it's all about character gimmick being different being yeah. being an entity you know I, i've been telling people a lot how like a lot of what nxt does and the characters it i i never saw it until i went to china with the owe and those guys i always say it was like american idol meets america's got talent like hey what can you do okay then that's the incorporation of you hey you're a gymnast so we're gonna have a 50-foot stage and you're gonna be doing like a fucking gymnast routine toward the ring and you're gonna yeah. do the nunchucks and you're gonna do the martial arts and you're gonna do this and everybody was their own entity as if they were the Korean, you know, K-pop stars. Right. And it was like, hey, we like Tommy because he does this, that, and the other thing. And they had keychains of each guy. And everybody had their own entity. And now you look and go to go look at NXT and how they develop everybody. The outfits, they're they're coordinated. Nobody's coming out however they want. Obviously, there's wardrobes, people. Everybody has everything precision to exactly the way they are right. and what they want them to be as their own individual entity. And now you have your favorites. So, hey, you know, I was I was more of a Donnie Wahlberg guy than, than Jordan Knight. You know what I mean? And But with the girls, that was a big deal because that attracts the females – to watch right now I don't and in the past it was the females watch because hey it's Jeff Hardy I love Jeff Hardy now it's like well you got Bianca Belair and then you got Charlotte Flair and you got Sasha Banks and who's got the red hair and who's got the blonde hair and who's got the yep. pigtails and who wears that cowboy hat and everybody is separate and totally different and yep. you know that's what gets people behind it it's like well you know what can you do and it was like it's community 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 when we had the stack roster of a, a cross and a bay and a hammerstone well kevin was a guy who the las vegas community got behind so no matter what kevin cross did People gave a fuck. When Kevin right. Cross left and we had an NXT watch party to watch him win the NXT championship, we had as many people there as we would have for a small FSW show because right. it was their family in Kevin being there. Same thing when I talk about how, you know, this guy married one of the fans and these kids class kids eight years later still hang out together or whose boyfriend and girlfriend 
and, and all that stuff. And it, it's, it's that camaraderie that you're not going to get. What, you know, how are we going to be different than AEW? How are we different than WWE? Well, it's similar to me with the people outside the business. You're cultivating relationships. And we've cultivated a great relationship. Now we just need to, you know, expand on that. And yeah. then then the sky's the limit. You know, Day of Reckoning, get there early. You know, the first the first match is for the tag titles. The, the 1%, call them what you want. You know, they're looking to become three-time tag team champions. They're back and they're ready to roll. And, you know, we're excited that two guys that didn't even know each other became one of the best tag teams in the independent wrestling scene because they were put together in FSW. Right. And now they've toured the world. They're all over the place. And now they're back part of FSW, you know? And it's like our roster is second to none. And if you love wrestling, we just got to get you to know that we exist. And, uh, you know, you, you mentioned the, the tag uh, titles match. Uh, and you also were talking about Tito and Che. They're facing each in singles matches, uh, Hiralu and uh, the uh, the former Shogun. What is he going on by show money? Rich homie show or I don't know. I don't <laughs> think he's Shogun. I don't know. Maybe that's just his like Twitter uh, name, Rich Rich Homie Show or something like that. No, I, he's had a lot of name changes, you know. I, I'm, right now on the flyer, he is actually Rich Homie Show now. So I guess there that's you go. What, I guess that's what we're going to be. Uh, if it's on the flyer, then it's got to be official. Official, right? Yeah, it's the official uh, but, flyer. <laughs> but seeing seeing those two uh, who TBD was a you know uh, tag team champions, uh, they've had a little bit of uh, their frictions and problems. Uh, and now each of them are getting to face guys who, like you said, are uh, guys who've stepped up over the last uh, year or two to really make names for themselves. Um, what does this mean for Hero and for uh, show in terms of them proving not only that they can hang with those guys, but proving to each other that you know, they might be better off on their own pursuing their own interests and goals. Well, I'm going to tell you something that is a little known secret outside of uh, FSW. There was a lot of dumbfounded people when Hero Lou was asked a question and his response was, Hero going to do what Hero going to do. And honestly, None of us know what the fuck he's even talking about. So I'm pretty sure Shogun has no idea what he's talking about. So I really can't even answer that for you. You know, and it's like. So well, so what you're saying is we, we have to see what Hero is going to do because that's what Hero is going to do. Exactly. So, you know, you better be there Sunday to see what hero going to do. 
Oh my god! Uh, but either way, it's a big match for both of these guys. Yeah, and, you know. And again, families fight, friends fight. Things aren't going well. Usually, there's more fighting. So yeah. now they get to take a step back and do their own thing. So Hero can't blame Shogun. If he loses, right? Hero, Shogun can't blame Hero. If he loses, it's one on one. You know, at least in the in the past, you had eyes behind your back because you had your partner. Well, now you don't have right. your partner. Now you're going up against two guys doing great things. Tito, you know, even bigger. So. You know, this is reminiscent to a few years ago as they were climbing the singles ranks and those guys were working matches against Hammerstone and Graves in singles matches. And first it was Shogun who got some opportunities against, say, Graves. And then here, then Hammerstone did. And I remember Hammerstone like, yeah, you know, the, he, he really thinks this guy's got it when he was talking about Shogun, you yeah. know. And Hero, obviously... They started around the same time, but because of a devastating injury, a, a torn ACL, whatever, Hero was gone for 12, 15 months. So obviously he had to restart his career. So Shogun's always been kind of the big brother. And, yep. you know, two big boys trained together, hanging out with, you know, Sefa and, and Bay and doing the training. So they were taught by guys who all got to the next level. Yeah. So their passion is also part of their downfall where they're expecting greatness at all times. And now there's the, the butting of the heads, there's the frustration, you know, listen to Hero. He be, you know, he's a totally different person than when that tag team first started. Well, you it's because Hero B, who Hero... Exactly. And and Hero was probably more so inclined to do what Shogun said, because Shogun was the big brother. And right. then as they evolved into the tag team, and then you saw the popularity that Hero Lou got, and then you see other people chiming in his ear, because we know that's the worst thing in wrestling, the minute somebody chimes in your ear. Because they're usually not doing it for your best interests. They're doing it for their own best interests. Right. You know, and as Hero and Shogun are having complications, all of a sudden you see MK in the background trying to offer words of encouragement to Hero Luke. And this is an ego-driven business. So... When one guy's like, bro, you fucked up. What the fuck is wrong with you? What are you doing? You know, we're the tag team of the year. And now we're losing these fucking matches. And then all of a sudden, bro, man, you're better than that. You know, you could be a champion on your own. You don't even need that guy. Well, people hear these things. And it's no different than seeing somebody go over there because they're going to get better opportunities. And hey, this guy wants to give me more money. And I'm going to do this. And 
my famous words. Everybody's looking for the magic beans. And with Hero and Shogun, you know, it's going to be them who's going to decide what's going to happen. Do you think it's time that MK stops hanging around? Because it seems like he causes a lot of trouble for you, Joe. Well, you know, he's a valuable asset in many other aspects of the FSW business. So there will always be a place for our guy, MK. Um, you know, you talk Who's about... Who's also helping present the uh, Full Tilt 2 weekend, by the way. Right. Absolutely. Uh, when you look at, like you said, history, friendships, uh, Matt Vandegriff, Jay Vidal... Uh, so could this be the final time? We thought it was the final time. Is is it is it one of those things where if either of them just comes to you and says, "Hey, I need a match with with him," uh, that you're just like, "All right," <laughs> just because you know it's going to be balls out. Obviously, look at PCW. We announced the match, and then they had a match a week earlier. They were they decided they were going to do the match. That they weren't even going to do the match from what Matt said, and then all of a sudden they changed it. You know, kind of like we were building Toa and Tito for the first time ever, and then all of a sudden they did it, and yeah. then Toa got hurt and couldn't have the match with Tito here. Right, of course. So, you know, a good uh, match is a good match. And obviously, yeah. we thought, you know, Jay's back now, the impacting, and, you know, you know how it is. Sometimes friends hang out with the wrong people, and the wrong people give them the wrong advice. So, you know, I'm pretty certain, you know, the head swelled a little bit with Jay Vidal, you know, Giselle Shaw getting in his head, and, you know... Now he felt Matt Vandegrift decided he was going to uh, crash his party, and he was having none of it. So, well, you know that's interesting. You say the words "crash his party." Uh, how how important is it when you have two guys like Matt and Jay, who could potentially find themselves one day wrestling on Impact Television? Um, how important is it that guys like that know each other well enough to a get along, uh, even if they don't hang out, just professionally get along, and b kind of know each other's rhythms to the point where when they get those opportunities at a national level, a nationally televised level, um, that they're able to deliver and not disappoint mostly importantly themselves because of that buildup when they were making it to that point is that something that you know we i mean obviously we could possibly see matt versus jay within the next couple of years on on that scale um is that something that really kind of sticks in terms of how two guys can grow with each other and help each other get to that next level well, yeah, it's like when we had Impact and before Chris Bay was signed and they had him go out and he wrestled Damian Drake and then or Ring of Honor, it was Chris Bay versus Damian Drake. And when guys like that and they're training together and they're always around each other, 
man, if they have a shitty match, that's that that's tough to swallow because yeah. they know everybody, they know each other's weaknesses, their strengths, and you know if Matt gets a tryout match in Impact. To be honest with you, he's already wrestled some great people. So right. I'm not sure that's a concern. But I think for the confidence of him getting that match, if he had the opportunity to wrestle Jay Vidal in that match, it would it would be more comfortable. Because win, lose, draw, don't like you this week, hate you the week after, whatever it is, love you tomorrow, you still know you have that chemistry together. You know, as the years have passed, I become more and more surprised and realizing of there's a lot of people in the locker room that really don't care for each other, you know? Yeah. And it was like, you know, one of the guys hit me up like, hey, ride fell through, blah, blah, blah. You know, uh, who's coming in from X area? And I'm like, oh, yeah, we got a bunch of people. We got this one, blah, blah, blah. He's like, yeah, you know. I don't, I don't really talk with them and yeah, the other one Cape babes me, whatever it is. It's just like they're in the locker room. They, they acknowledge each other, but not everybody's a pal and, and not everybody likes each other, but their job is to go out and perform. And sometimes it's against each other. And a lot of times the best feuds are based off the fact that there is animosity. You know, yep. there are people that feel, hey, this motherfucker getting the spot because Joe likes him better. I got to prove that I'm deserving of this spot because Joe don't like me or whatever excuse they want to use. Right. But it sometimes brings out the best in you. Sometimes you're, you're just not clear headed and you have a shitty fucking match because you're trying so hard to prove you're better than the other person. And then yeah. it implodes. Right. So, you know, it can work both ways. But most of the time, I've never, I don't think I've ever, I know one time somebody said that they didn't want, they wouldn't work a certain person because of uh, issues outside the business, if sure. you know what I'm saying. Sure. So, but I've never had like a program that we started and like, you know what? Fuck this motherfucker. I can't stand him. I'm not wrestling. I don't think I've ever had that happen. And I'm pretty sure it has. Yeah. You know, and it, there's, there's a lot of gray areas. And again, you don't have to like somebody to respect somebody. Right. You know, but if somebody's a piece of shit and you can't stand them, there, there are certain people that we we don't use who've made inklings of wanting to wrestle in FSW again and for the betterment of the locker room I choose not to bring them back Sure, I don't need 10 guys pissed off because one guy and again not saying that the one person couldn't rehabilitate himself but the issues that they had were far more important than just booking somebody on one particular show to cause right. grief and aggravation there's a million wrestling promotions. Go work over there. You kind of burn the bridge here. And you may not have burned that bridge fully with me, but I have to do what's best for the company and best for the other people that have shown the loyalty and, and all the stuff around. 
So they don't get to come back. Um, outside of uh, those matches that we mentioned, uh, are there any other uh, matches that are happening uh, on Sunday? Uh, yeah, we uh, have a five-way scramble. We're going to have uh, Jordan Oasis, Jordan Cruz, uh, Bodie, Dante King, and Chris Nasty. So that's a pretty solid uh, five-way scramble. Yeah. And uh, the, the card, we can't go past eight matches. We saw how long it takes to do the other. So we have a pre-show match, which really need to get there early because it should be really exciting. You know, Kevin Koa against Jimmy Jack. So there we go. Big boy. You know, and Jimmy Jack has been on a high of late. He's got a nice little winning streak that he's put together. And, you know, Koa, MK will be at his side. So it's going to be uh, interesting to see because I do believe that they may have wrestled probably five, six months ago when Jimmy Jack was first. Not 100% positive. I, thought, I was pretty sure we did, though. And if I remember correctly, uh, Koa pretty easily got the best. Jack has improved immensely because he had been hurt for a while and had some issues from his COVID and he took a lot of time off because he wasn't medically clear. So, you know, he's been steady now and he's really improved tenfold over the last few months. So if I'm wrong and they didn't have a match, well, then it's an exciting first time match. But if I'm correct, which I think I am, then and, you know, and uh, there will also be a tag match where uh, Devin Reno and Class will have a rematch against uh, Remy Marcel and Primo Henio. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, where the upset was pulled, Devin Reno pinned Remy Marcel in that match. Yeah. So it'd be, yeah, very interesting. You know, it's, it's really uh, been fun to see the evolution of uh, Devin Reno and uh, how class has kind of been able to um, almost kind of help, you know, help Devin's character come along the, just the, the way they they've come together and been able to, you, you could say it, you know, Devin Reno's being carried by class. You could say it first. He brought him from the other side of the tracks and now, you know, Devin Reno now understands what it's like to be a professional and he's grown immensely. He is, yep. he is a guy that when they're talking about great young talent, that a lot of people are putting over, you know, according to Dom Vitale, you know, Blair Brody, he's one of the aces of uh, PCW Arizona, but on our end, a lot of people believe Devin Reno's the true ace. Not trying to stir anything up between those guys or nothing, but so, I'm just so saying. I heard. So basically, are you are you building to the interpromotional? Uh, you're going to claim Devin and uh, get Dom. There to you go, Brody. Dom, whoever, Dom could, whoever wins gets to be claimed by FSW. I was going to say Dom could put up the school, and then you could take on his school if you win. Uh, okay. <laughs> I, I just, I know how much you love schools. So yes, yes. As long as, long as I can keep the, the big dollars that keep rolling in. 
Hey, well, you just found some more envelopes, so at least, uh, you know. There you go. Save 48 cents there. <laughs> um, and uh, you kind of mentioned it a little bit uh, with uh, the collective coming up. Uh, the first match announced for uh, FSW versus uh, GCW2 is Hammerstone versus Janela. Uh, from my recollection, do you know off the top of your head, have those two ever faced each other? No, nope. first time match because Janela even posted it that it yeah. was their first time match ever. Yeah, so that should be, you know, in itself, uh, you know, just worth seeing those two work each other. Uh, but uh, in terms of what you're getting a feel for, does it seem like the enthusiasm uh, from the fan base right now is there uh, like it was for the first one? Uh, well, usually the only way to really judge that is ticket sales. And within the first two hours, we sold out front row, which is about 70 tickets. And second row, uh, we added 50, and we have about 10 left of those. And that was after... And again, it's always that buzz. The tickets first came available. Now people are going to see the rest of the card. Who's going to make sure they're going to be in town for that Saturday night. But, you know, first two rows will be sold out easily. And then the GA is going to follow up because we've only talked to a few traditional, like always come to shows FSW fans. So, you know, they're going to be there. Right. Um, and the rest of the weekend, um, how's it looking so far for, uh, the, um, the cards you have going on, uh, the future legends, there's been some announcements on that tournament, right? Yeah. Uh, we haven't announced the final guy again, due to overbooking the 12 man tournament will now be a Baker's dozen tournament. There'll be 13 men. And it's taken me a while. I'll be honest. I got having to get that format without doing a hundred matches, you know? So uh, what we're going to do is there's going to be four first round buys. Okay. And I could already announce that uh, Casey Navarro as the warrior champion, uh, he's got the first buy in the tournament. Also being a future legend guy, uh, he has, a buy into the tournament as does Jordan Oliver. So those are two guys and we're, we're figuring it out, but it's going to be uh, nine men in the first row. Well, not nine men because Billy Starks is also in the tournament. nine yep. people in the tournament. So there's going to be three singles matches to start and one triple threat match. Gotcha. Okay. And not, not 100%, but one thought of the triple threat match is, you know, the terrible teens, Starboy Charlie versus Billy Starks versus Bodie is an idea in my head that would be a fun triple threat match. Okay? Yeah. So that'll – that'll. Wait. Joe, you're missing out on the perfect opportunity. No one's ever done – like a casket match, but using a high school locker where you have to lock your opponent in a locker. Come on, man. You know, that could be something down the line. 
but you know, not for our future legends tournament. We're we're trying to keep this traditional. And you know, whoever gets pinned, you know, doesn't get to go to the prom with Billy Starks. I don't know. Because I know she couldn't do one of the shows because I think she had the prom. I remember her telling me. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, so that'll take four. So there'll be four winners. Right. And then there'll be four buys. So that'll be bringing it down to eight. So we got four matches down to eight, four singles matches down to four, which is now eight matches. And then we're going to do a four way elimination to crown the future legend champion. So that'll be nine matches, and we will go to a 10th match. The 10th match will be the bridge match, obviously, to go in there. And it won't yeah. feature anybody from the tournament. It is going to feature the best 25 and under talent that has participated in FSW shows. So guys like Devin Reno, Blair Brody, Jordan Oasis, you know, a few others have reached out and I'm looking to put like a six man or six person tag to do that. And that way that, you know, because the the tournament is more nationally based. So there's guys that are good, but they don't, they didn't fit the format. I'm also dealing with the guy from future legend. It's his tournament and I'm running it for him. So right. he's got his ideas of, you know, hey, Hunter James, young kid, I am not aware of. Really good talent. But I yeah. wouldn't have ever put him in there because I didn't know who he was. And now it's like with GCW out here, Alec Price is in it. Jordan Oliver's in it. Titus Alexander's in it. Billy Starks is in it. Eli Knight from Culture Inc.'s in it. Richard King, who's very good. Jared Diaz, who we know from the East Coast. You know, Starboy Charlie, 18 years old. Billy Starks. So, you know, Nick Wayne would have been in it, but Nick Wayne's in Europe. So we're trying to make this to where it has a national reach. But by making this extra match, it will give the opportunity and eyes to be on some of those younger guys that, you know, maybe in the next year or two, they're going to break out because some of those future legend guys will end up getting signed by somebody. Sure. Like we were going to have commander in the tournament. And unfortunately, well, it ain't unfortunate for him again. He blew up from the conversation I had with Brett at GCW at the Jimmy Lloyd birthday show. And his price in a matter of two months. Now he's signed with a like he didn't even appear in AEW before. You know what I mean? It was like right. in two and a half months, this guy is become huge. And it's like now he's 24 years old. So we were going to have him in the tournament. So, you know, that's going to happen to some of these better guys that are in there that are 20, 21, 22, that NXT is going to pluck somebody, AW, Impact. So, you know, hopefully, as we call them the future, future stars, when we talk about our kids class, they're the future, future legends. Uh, a future future legends match will be the six six person tag. So, yeah. Um, as we uh, start to wrap up here uh, for this week, uh, any final thoughts going into uh, this show? And uh, again, can you talk a little bit about uh, the raffle that's being held for uh, Gunner? 
Yeah, for those who don't know, uh, Gunner Johansson, uh, he's 17 years old. And we first met Gunner when he was probably five years old, coming to the shows. And as he grew up, he came to, he came to more shows. Uh, I remember Kevin Cross was doing some uh, training with some of the young kids. But it wasn't like the pro wrestling. It was, it was self-defense and stuff because, you know, unfortunately – you know, kids get bullied and their parents went to Kevin and he was big about it. And he was extremely helpful when it came to to giving back to the community. And he'd come in there and, and he would help train with some of these young kids. And uh, Gunner moved away. He went to uh, Arizona. But I, you know, I even saw the picture that he came back to Vegas for our anniversary weekend that we did in 2021. And then I got a message from Ken's girlfriend uh, about the situation like 20 minutes after I saw it on Facebook because I knew nothing of it. And I guess that was the first post. And I was like, oh, shit, what the fuck? And then she had hit me up. And it's, you know, we've always been good with whether it's the toy drive for Christmas or the the uh, food drive for Thanksgiving, trying to give back. You know, it's not costing anybody anything. You know, we we discounted people's tickets, so they would bring some canned food. They'd bring a toy and help some unfortunate people get things during the holidays or being able to eat and things like that. So I'm always been big on that. And she mentioned anything we could do. And we've always done the raffles and the auctions and things like that in the past. And... So I was like, hey, you know what? I got an idea. We got the raffle uh, we haven't done in a while. And I'm pretty sure a lot of people will be more than happy to donate. But we got good prizes. So, you know, I hit up my guy Omar from the Knights, and he gave me he gave me some good stuff and the two tickets and a jersey and a hockey stick. And, and Sin Bodhi, if you ever see on his site, that he makes all, some fantastic figures. Yes. They – you know, yes. unbelievable. And I said, hey, can you do me a favor? So he made me one of himself that but even my wife's like, wow, that figure looks really good. It's like it's not plastic. It's, it's like, you know, I don't know what he uses to make it. It's like a ceramic or, or whatever. But he's donating that. You know, he sells those things easily for 100 bucks. Yeah. And if you if you win it in the raffle, you know, and you see him, he'll be more than happy to sign it. But, you know, we got the wrestlers. We're going to have some T-shirts and giveaways. And we have a family four-pack that Brandy, one of our biggest fans and longest fans, you know, she actually purchased a four-pack to give away for the anniversary show. And we're going to give away tickets to the May 13th show. And we're going to give away some tickets to other things. So... You know, it's five bucks, three for uh, 10 and nine for 25. And you don't even have to, you know, be there to win because right. that's a pay-per-view. You know, we've gotten very long winded when it's come to doing the raffles during a show. I can't complain about how long a show is. And then I have to be there for 20 minutes doing that. It's for right. a good cause. So there's people who've already pre-purchased tickets. So right before the show, we're going to give away probably half the prizes. And then immediately following the show, 
we're going to try to give away the biggest ones. That way people are there. You know, I don't want to hear, oh, the fix is in. Oh, the chief won four times. Or this, or, you know, somebody won five times. And it's like, well, you know, uh, he bought $100 worth of raffle tickets and you bought 10. So he's got 10 times as many as you. So, of course, there's a good chance when you're giving away 20 things that that guy's going to win. There's there's no benefit whatsoever to make sure that the same guy won three FSW hats. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, we're just pulling a name. You're writing your name on it. So, you know, we look forward to it. You know, our fans are great, and they're always, you know, up to help out any cause. You know, and the fans were behind it, like, hey, how can we do this? And it was like immediately after, you know, I got five or six people who sent money through Cash App, Venmo, whatever. You know, John Wolfgang from PCW in Arizona sent money for raffle tickets. So I doubt he's worried about the raffle tickets. It was just basically his way to donate. Right. Yeah. So, you know, you can cash app, you know, dollar sign FSW09, or you can sell LV Future Stars at yahoo.com. Yeah. And again, it's a very good cause. And, uh, and I'm waiting on uh, Kevin Cross. Uh he said he was going to send out a care package for us. So hopefully we'll get it before the show. If not, I'll find out what he is uh, giving away. Uh, because if it's the gladiator helmet, we're going to auction that one off to the highest bidder, brother. Uh, I, I was know thinking Lawson, Lawson said something about an autographed replica Hulk Hogan belt that he had that he wanted to donate in there too. So. But yeah, the gladiator helmet could be uh, could be the could be the keeper of the bunch. Yeah, I mean you could get what at least twenty five, thirty bucks for that. You know what? It is a collector's item, my friend. Just like a uh, Billy Ripken card that shouldn't be worth anything is one of the most expensive cards in baseball because it had some curse word on the bat or something. So fuck, you fuck know. face. It is that what fuck- it is? Okay, there you go. But, yeah, having Kevin Cross's uh, failed gladiator helmet. Oh, man. That could, that could be good value, I'm telling you. I thought maybe you were getting the Mecca belt back from him. We already do. What are you talking about? They were. I, you know, I, I didn't know if it was if it was a new Mecca belt specifically yeah. made. It took two years to get the first one made. You think I was going to wait on that guy to make me another? All right. Um, please, again, uh, if you're coming in for the show or if you, um, you know, feel like donating and getting some raffle tickets, uh, please uh, do that. Uh, again, go to FSW Cash App or uh, what PayPal, Venmo, all that good stuff. Um, we like to stay away from PayPal. Okay. Stay away from PayPal. They're always all grinding those fees. That's true. Yeah. So uh, definitely get some tickets, help out for a good cause. And uh, again, the show is uh, Sunday the 30th. It is 5 p.m. Uh, 5 p.m. at the FSW Arena. And uh, get there a little bit early for the pre-show matches. And again, if you can't make it down there, you can check it out on Fight Plus. And uh, for 8 bucks, uh, not only will you see this show, but everything else that Fight Plus offers wrestling-wise. So... Um, 
And be aware, the network the network will still be airing FSW events too. All right. we're doing is moving the pay per views that we did on Fight TV. So May thirteenth, High Octane will be on the FSW network. FSW network, exactly. So and between the two, then you'd have for what fifteen bucks a month, essentially uh, every FSW program available. Period. So. If, uh, if you're not in Vegas, that's not a bad way to go. And, Absolutely. Uh, thousand percent, man. Now, and we're lowering the price of the network. There we go. I don't know if it's in effect yet, but as I said, we're going to we're going to move it to four ninety nine a month. So there, there you go. So it's going to be it's going to be essentially 13 bucks a month. For, so we're, for, we're giving we're, we're basically if you're a subscriber. We're giving you half of the money to go subscribe to Fight Plus. Yep. So yep. in reality, you're going to pay an extra $4 a month. Yeah. Because of the offer we're doing. It'd be like a package yeah. deal. Damn. Look at that. Boy, you're just Who's giving it away. It's better than me, man. I come up with these know. things on the fly. I don't know, Boom. man. Okay. Out of nowhere. Okay. Boom. I'm saving you $48 a year, man. You, you know, it's interesting. You, you save the fans the money, but the wrestlers apparently say that you don't pay the money to them. I'm saving them the money so they can watch them, and then maybe they'll buy a T-shirt, make some merch, sell 10 T-shirts and make 250 bucks instead of worrying about everything else. Make yourself uh, valuable. Funny Bone's got 17000 different pieces of merchandise to sell that dude yeah well he's got to pay for all his paint so well right he has 17 different things for his 17 kids so yeah yeah <laughs> one for each kid that's right all right everyone thanks for tuning in and again uh we'll catch you guys next week and have a great week.